Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we are entering the final chapter of the final chapter. That means we're in the final chapter of the Bible, Revelation chapter 22, where the final chapter about this creation's passing away and the establishment of the new is written down in God's inspired word. Pastor Jim will spend this week and next explaining what this chapter reveals and what we should understand about this. I don't think it's possible, but if you'd like to exercise your brain this week, here's my challenge. As you listen to what Revelation reveals about this new heaven and new earth, try to imagine this place, a place where there is no more sin, no more struggle against evil, sickness, starvation, and death, no more protecting ourselves from those who would harm or steal from us. The truth is, We have little capacity to fathom such an existence because life within the devastating impacts of sin is all we know. But we can take God's word for it. This will be a wonderful place and a wonderful existence beyond our imagination. Here is today's slice of the message entitled, A River Runs From It. But notice the the blessing that's promised here in 22.7 is not just for reading and hearing. It says, Blessed is he who heeds the words of the prophecy of this book. Now, how do you heed what this says? Heed means pay attention to, obey it. So how do you heed the words of the prophecy of this book? Well, you believe it. You trust it. You let it change you. You let it rebuke you when you read of people literally being faithful until death. You let it fill your heart and your mind and your soul so that it becomes the entire framework for how you live your life. You let it teach you that this world is not your home. You let it give you courage to stand for truth, to speak for Christ when everyone around you is believing lies and spouting them and putting you down for standing up, you refuse to let the things of this world get you down because you know you have a perfect dwelling place prepared for you by a loving Lord who Himself died to make it possible for you to dwell there forever. That's how you heed the words of the prophecy. You let this book fill your heart so that You want to tell everyone you can about the indescribable promises that it contains. In our months and months in Genesis and Revelation, if you have improved your theology, that's great. Studying God's Word should always strengthen the framework of your understanding. Any book of, the God's, of God's Word that you study, it should fill in details within that framework. But if doing this does not make you hate your sin more passionately than ever 
and love your Lord more passionately than ever, then you have not yet heeded the prophecy of this book. This is not like reading the paper. It's not even like reading the encyclopedia. It doesn't just fill your mind. It fills your mind to transform your life. If knowing this doesn't make you complain less and encourage more, you haven't yet heeded the prophecy of this book. If it doesn't make you more peaceful and less anxious, you have not yet fully heeded the prophecy of this book. If it doesn't make you more hopeful and less gloomy, you have not yet heeded the prophecy of this book because it says it very clearly. These are the things which must shortly take place. When this stuff starts to happen, it's going to happen fast. The table is set, as I've said many times, the table is set like never before for the events of the end times to unfold. I don't know about you, but I was sort of irresistibly drawn to turn on Fox News or CNN every morning this week because when I hear about a bunch of thugs in southern Lebanon who want to eliminate Israel and they start bombing each other and firing missiles at each other and people start evacuating, I sure think of what Jesus said. You will hear about wars and rumors of wars and the framework for which he said that was the nation of Israel. And for all these years, there was no nation of Israel. And just since 1948 A.D., and I've only been alive since 1949, so I'm the first generation that has actually lived with, a, with Israel in the land my whole life. And, and now there's wars and rumors of wars going on there. And, and, and everybody that, that surrounds Israel wants to exterminate them. And God is somehow preserving them, even though they're not yet a believing nation. And they're going to someday be purified during the tribulation and two-thirds of them are going to die, but a third of them are going to welcome Christ when He comes. When I start seeing the stuff that Jesus says is the immediate precursors, I get pretty excited. But we're not there yet. Not yet. Almost. Not yet. The events of the end could begin at any moment. Are you ready? I mean, are you ready. If every true, fully devoted, committed, Bible-believing, born-again child of God were removed from the earth in the next second, where are you going to be? Are you going to be with us? Or are you going to be left behind? In other words, are you heeding the prophecy of this book. It doesn't make any difference if you know every word of the whole book of Revelation, word perfect, to recite it from memory at a moment's notice if you're not heeding it. Will you one day with me eat from the tree of life? Are you heeding the words of the prophecy of this book? One more command while you're heeding the words of the prophecy of this book. Worship God. Worship God. We saw this back in chapter 19. Uh, John got himself carried away again. He did just like he did back in chapter 19. This angel is showing him all these things, and John just 
goes into emotional hyperdrive and he falls down on his knees to worship the angel and he gets rebuked. And it serves as a lesson for us. Look at verse 8 and 9. He says, And I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And just let that sink in. What if you were the only human being who has ever drawn breath, who's actually seen these things? I think I understand why he got a little squirrely when he was carried away by all of this. He says, and when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed me these things. And I can just see the angel jumping one foot sideways and said to me, do not do that. Don't worship me. I am a fellow servant of yours and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who, listen to this, heed the words of this book. Worship God. Well, you can't get any more simple than that by way of a command. Worship God. And what is the implication? No one else. Nothing else. No modifications allowed. And nothing is more important. I spent this week in uh, my version of semi-seclusion, writing the course for the Russian brothers on cults, and world religions. I've been looking forward to that and kind of dreading it all at the same time. I feel like my head is more full of junk than ever before. I spent hour after hour after hour summarizing doctrine after doctrine of some of the most bizarre stuff imaginable. And strangely, I spent all week worshiping God by contrast. I couldn't wait to get here today and worship God, the true God, in spirit and in truth, with you for the joy of doing it. Oh, the stuff that I have waded through, the stuff that you can hear out there. Do you know that the Jehovah's Witnesses say that Jesus was Michael, the archangel, before he was born? Do you know that the Mormons teach that Jesus is the son of a God named Elohim? And you say, well, we believe that. One of God's name is Elohim, and Jesus is his son. But they say he's the son of a God named Elohim and one of his wives. And Jesus was begotten by sexual union of Elohim and his wife. And they say Lucifer is his spirit brother. And they say that you can become a god and populate your own planet by having celestial sex with your spirit wife or wives. It's sort of an emphasis on the guys in that religion. You ever heard of the Unification Church? Sun Myung Moon from South Korea. He humbly says he is the second coming of Christ that he is superior to Jesus, and the members of his church say that Jesus bows down to them. Now, I want them to repent, but if they don't, I'm not sure I can restrain my applause at the great white throne when I see what's going to happen to someone who would say they're worshiping God and believe something like that. The Muslims say that Jesus was only a prophet, not God. 
And they say that those who blow themselves up in order to kill so-called infidels like us. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.